Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Profound Pickleball Podcast. Uh, my name is Stephen Ron, and I'm joined today uh, by Jig Pandia. And Jig is uh, the founder of the Alpharetta uh, Pickleball Facebook group, and also the founder of a very, very fun competition that I participated in recently called the Pickleball Turf Championship. Welcome to the podcast, Jig. Hey, thanks, Stephen. It's really good to be here and appreciate you having me. Well, I appreciate your taking some time to join us today. Uh, why don't we just kind of quickly start with the, uh, the turf championship? Um, I had a great experience playing uh, this past weekend. Um, and I think you had three groups. Is that correct? Three different skill levels. Is that not correct in that? That's correct. We had a 3-0 division, a 3-5 division, and then your division, the 4-0. Right. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I really like the format. Now, the format, for those who don't know, at least in the 4-0 division, we had, a, uh, we had a men's doubles game or set, I guess we'll call it, then a mixed doubles set. And then in the playoff round, we had a, a tiebreaker where the teams could pick whatever two players they wanted to play the tiebreaker. And what I liked about the format was that while you were uh, not playing, you could watch your teammates play and cheer for them. I really like that format. Well, good. I'm glad that was the whole purpose of the setup and the format, as you mentioned, that way. And, you know, honestly, Stephen, I, the four O's, I get a lot of guys that tell me, hey, Jig, it's really hard for me to find a four O woman. And but it's I get that from every single division. I got that in the three five division. I got that in the three zero division. Guys are upset saying, "Hey, I can't find somebody. Can you help me? Can you need to find me somebody?" So that's why in the four zero it was just one woman out of the four player team. So we had one men's double, one mixed doubles, like you mentioned. Right. But in the three five, we actually had one women's double and one men's double. So two women and two men would make up the four. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. Well, like I said, the, the competition was really strong, I felt like. I think we had, was it uh, 12 teams, I believe, we had there for that. Um, and unfortunately, my team didn't quite uh, get into the medal round, but we had a really <laughs> good uh, competitive match um, with Macon in the playoffs. They squeaked one out on us there. Um, but I, I, I'm assuming you're going to be doing more of these in the future. Is that correct? That that's correct. And as you mentioned, I was the talent level 12 was the maximum number of teams I could take. So we did sell out of that division, we sold out of the 3-0 division. But the talent level in the 4-0 level was really, really stellar. It was a star studded lineup from all over the place. And not only to make the final four, but to, to make it even to the quarterfinals was a challenge. It certainly was. We didn't have any easy matches in that at all. No, no, I didn't expect any easy matches, but um, every match was a battle, it seemed like, in that, that competition there. And, and the team that won it was from out of state. Is that correct? Weren't they That's correct. State? They traveled all the way from South Carolina. So that was very, very cool to see. That was. The, the young kid especially was a really good player. He's a stellar player. Yes. I think he's only, what, 15 or 16 years old? Something uh, like he's that? Uh, 15, yes. He's a freshman in high school. Wow, freshman in high school. And I had to play against him and uh, took a little bit of a beating on that one. <laughs> Trust me, I, I know the first time I watched him play, I, I knew right away. Yeah, that was not, that was not one of my most uh, glorious moments. But he's, he's a great player. I, I don't mind losing to a good player like that. But yeah, absolutely. Of very course. good. So, so when uh, might your next ones be for this? Well, we had I'd originally scheduled this for twice a year, once uh, at the beginning part, like April, and then the, the, the our inaugural one was done in October of 2020, 
And I felt April and October being six months apart was fairly appropriate. We didn't want to overdo it, but I do get quite a bit of requests. Hey, when's the next one? When's the next one? So I'm trying to figure that out. Is summer conducive for this or is it going to be too hot? And if the answer is no, it's going to be hot, but we'll be okay. I just don't know if we'll have registrations that warrant to put on another tournament. Right. That's certain, certainly an issue when you start talking about July and August around here. Correct. Most people, you know, want to play either, you know, pretty early in the morning or, you know, later in the evening because just that middle of the day is so oppressive. Just Absolutely. Well, let's uh, shift gears just a bit here. Now, you're, you're, you mentioned, you know, when you were uh, addressing all of us before the competition, that your background was in the hotel industry. Is that correct? That's correct. I started right out of college back in 94. So and didn't know what I wanted to do then. It just so happened fate intervenes and puts me on a path. And that <laughs> path has been a very, very good one for me. So yes, I've been in the hotel industry since 1994. And, and what specific, do you work for a group of hotels or a chain or how does that work? Yes, I'm actually a partner in a company called Absalon Hotels. Okay. And it is a hotel management company. And there's going to be hotel management companies all across the United States. Many do a great job. Many will do okay. And many won't do as good as maybe they could do or should do. It's, mm -hmm. it's just business in general. But we are currently here out of Atlanta. Our headquarters are based in Hapeville, Georgia, mm -hmm. which is right in front of, right near, I should say, the Atlanta International Airport. And uh, we have just uh, this year opened our brand new corporate office, which we're super excited about. Gorgeous facilities. It's a two-story facility. It has our offices on top and other space to rent out to retail. And then we have a, a, a lineup of restaurants on the bottom on the first floor of the building as well. So it's been a very, very great build and a great uh, environment to have in that specific area of Hapeville. Wow, that's a, that's outstanding there. Yeah, I do. I knew a little bit about Hapeville. I used to live on the south side of Atlanta in Clayton County, so okay, okay. I know that area fairly well down there. Okay, well, nice. excellent, excellent. I, I don't, you also mentioned to us that you know your uh, most important thing that you were talking about at the competition was customer service, and you made it clear that you wanted feedback from us um, about how the experience went, and you sent a link out, and I shared that with my team. I'm sure everybody else did the same. Um, and I gave you great feedback, by the way. So very good job there. <laughs> well, thank you very much. That uh, feedback is important to grow. And, you know, it's always important. It, you know, Steve, it's very difficult to have even one hotel as an award-winning hotel. We're very fortunate to have several hotels in our portfolio to be award-winning. In my prior roles before becoming a hotel owner, uh, I've been responsible for a $54 million portfolio of four hotels. Three of those four hotels went on to become award-winning hotels. I'm really, really, I own a sports franchise called uh, I-9 Sports. And right the year before we sold, we were actually ranked number three in the country in our service score. So I'm obsessed with guest service. We don't use the word customer in our terminology. Okay. That's more of a pain connotation. So the word right. guest is part of our culture and built-in terminology that we use because it's no different than, hey, Steven's going to be throwing a Thanksgiving dinner, you know, everybody you invite over, friends and family, they're going to be guests of your event, correct? Exactly. And yes. not only do you want to have that dinner, but you want to make it a very memorable one. So year down the road, three years down the road, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, people are still raving about the Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or whatever event that you had put on at your house. 
that type of mindset is no different for us and particularly me and how we operate our businesses. We wanna definitely deliver a memorable experience for all of our guests at our hotels, but any business I run, it doesn't matter if I have a restaurant or a car dealership or a sports franchise or any hotel, it doesn't matter. I'm obsessed with service. So to answer your question, yes, that feedback was critical. I did receive a lot of feedback. There's some things that we can improve upon that I've understood. And I'm very happy to get that because that only makes us stronger for the next one that we'll put on. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let, let's just uh, shift back a little bit to, to pickleball here. So how did you get started in pickleball? I like to ask people about their pickleball origin story. How did you get involved <laughs> with the sport? Okay, I, I, I played tennis at the University of South Carolina Aiken. It's a division two school. And our season ended in 94, and I have not picked up a tennis racket since then. Wow. <laughs> but back in 2019, 18, I should say, back in 2018, the fall of 2018, I was taking a class to learn how to play Mahjong at Milton Library. Okay. And I was kind of fascinated when I learned about what is Mahjong and what it entails and so I took a class to do that. And at the end of the class, when the teachers and other people that were taking the class also learned about my background, I mentioned tennis, they said, oh, you need to play pickleball. And Stephen, I've never even heard of that word before they mentioned <laughs> that. And I could have sworn it was a joke or some kind of prank that they were playing to use the word pickleball. And I started laughing. I said, okay. And they're like, no, no, we're being serious. You need to really look at that. And you need to come play with us when we go to the Alpharetta Community Center because they play in the morning's time. This was during the winter, December. So they played indoors at that time. I said, okay. So it was from there that I just came to take a peek at exactly what it was and make sure that they weren't trying to pull my leg. And <laughs> from the first the interaction I had from walking in through the doors and I'll tell you, Richard, my mind is going blank for some reason, but Richard also plays at North Park. And he was the, one of the first gentlemen when I entered through the doors to really welcome me, make me feel at home, just took me under his wings to start teaching me about pickleball and giving me tips and so forth. And I will never forget that he was absolutely not only very friendly, but very genuine in his approach too. So I'm grateful for his assistance in getting me started with pickleball, as well as the two people that were the teachers of the Mahjong class. And they play pickleball too. Uh, if it's okay to mention names, his Absolutely. name is sure. his, his name is Keith Richards. Okay. And his wife as well. So they were the ones to get me started with what it is. And then Richard was one of the first to grab me by the arms and really take me under his wings. Outstanding. Now you mentioned that you played tennis. Did you play any other racket sports maybe growing up besides I, that? I did not. I did not. Tennis was the only thing. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So now this question is, is one that some people have a little bit of a, a struggle with because they maybe want to answer more than one thing. And you can do that too, if you want. If I were to ask you, what is your number one favorite thing about pickleball? Could you come up with one thing or if you can't, that's okay. Number one thing you like about the game. That's a great question. <laughs> usually the word Indian, I was born in India, and usually the word Indian and sports do not go in the same sentence. So in that aspect, I'm a little bit of an anomaly. And I'll tell you all through high school, but even particularly more so in college, I played all the intramural sports. So in the fall season, it was flag football. In the winter, it was basketball. I love basketball. And then in the spring season, it was softball. And then, of course, I played men's tennis for the university as well. 
So I'm an extremely, extremely competitive person, Stephen. I mean, even if we sat down and played tiddlywinks or just anything you can think of, I literally, literally hate to lose. And the people who know me well are probably laughing and giggling right now listening to this because they can see my facial expressions and my behavior and body demeanor. So I hate to lose. So to answer your question, I really, really love the competitiveness, especially when you're playing against a higher level talent to step on a court. I really do enjoy playing singles, to be honest with you, maybe a little bit even more so than doubles. But one answer for you would be the competitiveness of the sport. Right. And I am really glad that you mentioned singles, because when I started in pickleball, I preferred singles very much. And I still do play some singles. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a different game than doubles, right? <laughs> Other it than is. just the fact that you're by yourself, but strategically, it's very different. It is. It is. Yes. So I enjoy singles and I'm hoping to get back into playing some singles um, more now that the weather is getting a little bit warmer. But I'm really glad that you mentioned singles and the competitiveness, like you said, you know, once you start playing higher level players, you know, your your juices sort of kick in and I'm with you on the competitive nature um, of it. Um, so thank you very much for, for mentioning it. And, and again, for giving a shout out to, to singles. A lot of people sort of ignore singles and think it's almost <laughs> not real pickleball, um, <laughs> believe it or not. But yeah, I'm very glad to, to hear that. Well, one day we'll get on the court and get to play singles ourselves. I would love that. I would absolutely love doing that. Um, so, so let's say um, a scenario, let's say maybe a, a friend or maybe a relative or just someone who you casually meet says, hi, you know, I've heard about this sport called pickleball. How can I get involved? What would I need to do to get involved and become a pickleball player? Is there anything you would recommend that they do or, or, or get involved with? Or what would you say to that person? I guess the advice would be twofold. Number one is to probably have the right equipment for pickleball. Okay. And I know many people like to start out with some of the maybe less expensive items or something they can just find for cheap. And, and that's great if you truly just want to see, do you like it? But I'm probably 98% confident that you're going to end up being like everybody else and it becomes addictive. Mm -hmm. So having the right equipment and number two is, <laughs> and I hope this is presented the right way. You know, everybody thinks they're a coach. So the newbies get so much advice from so many different people. And even when I hear that personally, I'm just sort of amazed. And you know, it's not always the right advice. I'll put it that way. So it's, I think the second part of your answer would be, hey, if you're really interested, then make sure you try to get coaching from the people who are qualified to do that. Right. Certified coaches, in other words. Not necessarily all certified, but even some high-end players are good, but they might not necessarily be good coaches, right. you know, but there are some players that are high end, but a few of them are really good coaches because coaching is all about teaching, right? That's what coaching is. And no matter how much knowledge somebody has in their head, or no matter how talented that individual is, that does not automatically translate to the ability to communicate, to teach somebody else. 
So it doesn't have to be a certified coach. I mean, that's great. It, it can be another player that's just very knowledgeable about the game, but can break it down to really help you not only for the physical aspect of learning how to play pickleball, but just as importantly, and for me, it's even more important, the strategic part of how to play pickleball. Yes, and I, I'm glad that you um, mentioned the, about that the certified doesn't necessarily mean a lot because now I technically am certified to coach. Now I haven't done any coaching, you know, for for money or anything like that. Okay. But some of the best teachers that I've been around the pickleball were not certified at all. They were just people who sort of had a natural instinct for the game and how to, you know, uh, relate to people as far as like you said, strategy especially. Um, how the game should be played. That that does not surprise me at all. What you just said. Yeah, and and coming my my professional background is in education, and you know educators have to be certified. Um, but in all honesty, sometimes the certification process is, let's just say, a, a bit easy um, in a lot of cases. Okay. Um, and so I hate to say anybody can be certified because you certainly have to have a degree and knowledge in your field. But if someone just says, "Well, I'm a certified educator." That in and of itself doesn't say a lot to me. Um, I, I need to see the person teaching, see how they're relating to their students to really get a better feel for if they are a true educator, I guess. Uh, absolutely. I 100% understand. <laughs> yeah, because you know, having a, a certification on a piece of paper isn't always meaningful in pickleball or education or even other you know, aspects of life, I guess, right? Yeah, <laughs> anywhere, anywhere, correct. Yes, okay. Well, let me ask you this. Um, our game has experienced incredible growth over the last few years. I, I've been involved for about three and a half years, and it's just taken off. We're seeing you know, more uh, courts, more dedicated courts all over the place, uh, more and more uh, Facebook groups uh, popping up you know, for, dedicated to the game. Do you, do you think that the game is just going to continue to grow like it's been growing the last few years? I would hope so, Stephen. I mean, as I mentioned prior, I just, this is a very addictive sport. And for multiple reasons, I gave you one of the competitors, but there's so many others that are outliers as well. But mm -hmm. I, I truly hope this continues to grow. In fact, I really would envision maybe 10 years down the road, approximately, if not less or a little more that we have this as a varsity sport, even in colleges and universities. I think that that would be really exciting for me to see, as well as what majority of people would say, we'd love to see this in the Olympics. Yes, that, that's, I'm glad you mentioned the Olympics too, because I've heard some talk about that. And I personally would love to see that, but the, the number one thing that people have said against it, at least at this point, is that there may not be enough countries to interest the Olympic Committee at this time that are, in other words, it's not as popular in enough countries for the Olympic Committee to determine that it really belongs in the Olympics at this point. I'm not sure if that's true, but that's what I've heard from a lot of people. Well, even if it's true, you got to start somewhere, right? So right. even if you had eight to 12 countries, let's just throw a number out there out of the what, 263 that are out there. I don't know the exact number, but even if there's just a handful of countries, that's a good start, right? And I think that would, that, that in itself would be a seed that is planted and hopefully that seed can be fertilized and watered properly for it to blossom and grow. Yes, and, and I'm, I'm also glad that we mentioned, you know, that in the uh, the turf championship, we had a, you know, one of the better players was a young player, a teenager. Exactly. And over in the area where I play, there's a group of probably, I'd say eight to 10, you know, teenage uh, kids who play a lot at Shaw Park, at Oregon Park. I see them 
I've also seen them play in some tournaments and do really well in the tournaments. So I, I really hope that, you know, more young kids in that age range will start picking up on this sport. I, I really hope so. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I, I still occasionally play tennis. I don't play as much as I used to. Um, but, you know, tennis is still very popular with young people. And if we can sort of tap into the young market with pickleball, then, you know, the game, yes, will we'll continue to grow. But I think it would just go leaps and bounds if we can get more of these young people. And then we have some of these, you know, varsity sports in, in, the, in the schools. That'd be fantastic. It would. It would. And again, coming from the education background, if I, if I were to approach, let's say, a, a principal at a school, I would say to that principal, the, the startup cost is very low for pickleball. Um, and also you can play it in your gym. You don't have to build courts necessarily outside because in your gym, which almost every school has a gym, right? That's um, you can just put down some lines and you know, buy some inexpensive, you know, temporary portable nets. And you've got basically a classroom where you could teach that in physical education and maybe eventually, like I say, have a sport in it, right? That would have been a great situation for if I still owned my sports franchise to the way for me to introduce the sport with approval from the franchisor. So I definitely would have went after that idea for sure to do after school activities for to, to get kids not only knowledgeable about that, but educated enough for them to play competitively down the road. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, Jake, this has really been very enlightening. I'll tell you right now, I've learned a lot um, from you here in this this session. Are there any, any other thoughts you have on the game? Um, before we sign off here? One thing I would like to clarify, Stephen, please is do, that is it, the, the term is Pickleball Turf Championship. Got it. I know many people, <laughs> many is maybe an understatement, but it seems it's just common to use the term turf wars. I apologize if I did that. No, you did not. I you did not. I just wanted to get a chance to clarify that because there is an organization called Club Wars, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Oh, yeah. And they have their concept and they do a really, really good job with the way they want to do things. But I think maybe naturally, just because of they also have a team concept, uh, they use the word wars with with our, our company name. And that's not correct. I don't I want to make sure there's a clear delineation between the two as they have some concerns with people using turf wars as part of the terminology also. So for, for us, it's Pickleball Turf Championship. We wanna make sure people understand turf championship versus club wars, which is different. And, and they do an excellent job as well. I agree hundred percent. Now, And I, I will admit to having been guilty of that myself outside of this podcast. <laughs> I have referred to it as the turf war, but I will never do so again. Thank um, you. Thank now that you. I know the proper name and, um, I, I, I will just simply say that I'm looking forward to the next one whenever that is. Okay. Very, very good. Very good. We're okay. excited to, to, to put on the next one also. Well, well Jig, I, I, like I said, I, I appreciate your time. I've learned a lot from you and we're going to go ahead and sign off. And uh, I would say one more time, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast, Stephen. This is my okay. first one. So thank you very much. Well, hopefully not your last. <laughs> oh, hopefully, hopefully, okay. hopefully. Yes, All sir. Right. Have a great day, Stephen. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.